Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour from the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. This is Bob Getty. Kelly's with me in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson is in Laurel, and we're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our program, and of course, USM Athletics. And we appreciate all they do. Encourage you to take your family for a great meal at Dickey's. Want to get right to it? Head basketball coach Jay Ladner on the show today, Patrick McGee, with our weekly New Orleans Saints update. But first, wanted to bring on associate head baseball coach and pitching guru Christian Ostrander. Uh, coach, incredible night last night. Let me read this to you real quickly from the Clarion Ledger. In a state full of baseball heavyweights, Southern Miss owns the championship belt. Mississippi State is college baseball's defending national champion. Ole Miss was ranked the number one team two just, just two weeks ago, and Southern Miss has taken them both down in decisive fashion. Exciting game last night. Uh, I don't know that in all my years of covering Southern Miss I've ever seen a more resilient effort by a bunch of kids uh, against a really good Ole Miss team. Your thoughts about the game, Coach? Yeah, I think that's what really stood out is just the fact that, uh, you know, they, they they delivered a you know a big blow three run bomb in the whatever second inning we answer top of the third with with I think three or maybe four I can't remember and uh, and then the seventh inning they hit us with the four and uh, and we answered you know come back and that part of it offensively those guys competed their tails off man and uh, you know just really got after it and you know against their best guy you know too so you know that's what's even you know, and more exciting about it. But, no, it was really, really neat to watch those guys continue to compete. And um, they played hard and played well. All right, so your staff holds Ole Miss to four hits in the first eight innings, strike out 14 Ole Miss batters. But I knew you I knew you were going to like this, and when I asked you off air, you confirmed my suspicions. You were not happy with six walks. No, I'm not. I mean, you know, we preach it and we want it to be our identity. But at the same time, I don't want to paralyze and scare the guys you know, that, you know, <laughs> you got those strikes, you won't pick, you know, it can't be that, but um, it's just, you know, it reflects like, you know, you can use it as an example to them that, you know, and that's what I told them last night after is guys, you take out the freebies, you know, these, these, you know, we, we pretty much dominate this game and, um, and so forth, but it's easier said and done. They're trying, um, you know, I don't, I know, you know, I'll never doubt that sometimes, uh, you know, it is what it is, and you just got to but manage those. And then, and I think for the most part, uh, we've done a good job this year of minimizing that. And, uh, and I think that's obviously the the route we want to continue to take. Coach, specifically talking about pitching statistics, you know, at the major league level, these managers get statistics ad nauseum about the opponents' batting lineup and guys that they could potentially see in the matchups and the numbers. How detailed do you and Scott and the rest of the staff get at breaking down opposing hitters, projected lineups, et cetera? Educate us a little bit. Well, that's what I'm doing right now for Charlotte. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, 
I would say, I would say for you know each opponent. I mean, you know, I watch video breakdown. I mean, there's a lot of information out there, and then Southern Miss isn't the only ones that has that information. And uh, you know, so it becomes you should be. You know, I can't imagine going into a game not feeling like I'm prepared for it to have a plan to attack. I mean, I think it's you can see it now. It's there on computer. It's uh, you know, there's software programs that we have that you know that that uh, allows you to filter and break down to the nth degree certain things, certain counts, certain pitches, certain velocities. So you should go into it with a pretty good idea of what your game plan is going to be. And you just hope that the game plan that, you know, the, the, the one that says this is that hitter's weakness, you hope it matches to your pitcher's strength. And, uh, you know, and when you do, that's when you got a chance to go out there and do something good. But uh, a lot of time, I mean, probably about five hours, you know, three to five hours of, of video watching and breaking down stuff, you know, before every opponent. Fine. Well, I just want to yeah, go real ahead. quick, Bob, before we get to Luke. Uh, in the old days, the pitchers, pitchers would generally start out with a fastball trying to get ahead in the count. Baseball mm-hmm. has evolved. Pitching approaches have evolved. Is it, where does the fastball usually fit in as a first pitch? call coach Oz well for me I still think it's the best one um you know I mean anything's good if you can land it. whatever you can land I mean that OO count you know you want to get the you know uh you want to get the to get that strike I, I I still think a commanded fastball is the best pitch in baseball um you know I think you know it just sets the tone and, and you know and it's you know, it's something like you got to you got to set the precedent. This is what we're going to do. And so, kind of like last night, Stewart, I think threw six fastballs in the first inning, and and so you want to establish that. You know, you want to say, all right, this is this we're going to come at you. You know, we're, we're we're fixing to come and attack you instead of us nibbling this and that, scared of contact, initiate contact, and let them know that we're going to be the aggressor. I think that's real important. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach Oz. Oz, thanks for coming on today. Let's talk Chandler Best. Three shutout innings last night. Struck out six. This is a guy that, that struggled with some confidence early on in his Eagle career. How big was he last night? He was awesome, man. He was nails. He was, uh, you know, really di- one of the differences in that game. I uh, thought he was some of the best stuff he's had. It uh, looked like some of the stuff we saw this fall, you know, uh, when the ball was really, really jumping out of his hand. And, uh, you know, I think last night several 92s and maybe even a 93 in there. But um, but just, just I can, you know, the way that ball was riding, it looked right. And, uh you know, and I think you saw that they're they're swinging through a lot of fastballs too, so that's a good sign. But he was he was outstanding. Um, you know, he 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 kind of bridged it. You know, he kind of you know after Stewart, we got him out after two, and uh, Chandler going three, four, and five, keeping it right there, uh, just kind of lengthening, you know, shortening the game for us a little bit. So, but I was very proud of him and how he pitched. We hadn't had you on, uh, I think, since the rotation for the weekends change. How do you particularly? I mean, Hall and uh, and Waldrop just it, it's lights out. Riggins in the middle, vet. How, how have you evaluated since the change? Oh man, I like it. Uh, you know, I think you know. I feel like I know what I'm going to get. You know, uh, with those guys, and uh, and it's just you know, it's pitching the contact, making them beat you, and being able to attack. You know, with their their identity, their strength, and uh, and you know, making the other team really making the other team do the adjustment. We're not. We haven't really been the one trying to adjust to them. And when you can do that, you got a chance to, you know, to to, to win series and stuff like that. And uh, you know, then it's a good feeling. But you know, keys staying healthy. The keys, you know, uh, it's a long season and uh, getting to that halfway point and just keeping these guys going and keeping them fresh and best you can. Well, coach, too, you you've got two dogs of a closer. You know, you got Garrett Ramsey and Landon Harper and. 
And Kelly and I are very fond of Landon Harper. We, we get amused. We've got to get that last out of the game. Landon comes in and gets it, and it's kind of he's looking around like, well, is there anything else you guys need me to do? Two great kids, aren't they? They are, man. They're, they compete and, uh, you know, and so forth. It's, uh, you know, Ramsey had a really big moment last night. You know, I think, what, two innings, I guess, two plus. I'm not sure. Yeah, but two innings, two uh, hits, and uh, really four Ks. Right, and you know, and 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 I think those two hits coming there, I think, and two outs in the ninth. I mean, one was an infield hit, one was an, you know ambush fastball first pitch, and um, you know, and, and I, much as I wanted him to be able to stay out there and finish it, I also didn't want him to have to walk off that mound uh, with a negative feeling for right. after what he's what right. he did too, and uh, you know, and having a fresh landing down there, and you know, Landon's going to come in there, you know, just so here we go, you know, just just take it to him and. <laughs> And uh, and that's what you want. If they were going to beat us, I wanted it to happen with them, you know, hitting 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 the ball around and uh, you know instead right. of walks or anything. Of course, the joke about Landon Harper is he's always going to be fresh because he comes in and pitches two outs, about and four pitches, closes the game down, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Call that's me if you nice, need me. That's a nice job for a closer, isn't it? When yeah. you do that and get Absolutely. a save, yeah. So Our guys. Last night, because we kind of had some banter with you earlier in the year, did Creel kind of wink at you last night? Say, hey, I put ten up, or I put ten on you. That's why we got the win. No, but he would have. He would have if we'd have lost. He'd have said, "What the heck, man? What's going on here?" But uh, <laughs> no, he was proud of his guys. You could see it, and, and as we all were, and uh, yeah, and it felt good. I mean, and you know what? We got to win games like that. You know, we got to win the the three to twos, and um, you know, and you got to win some of those, you know, ten to sevens or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's just just the nature of the beast and uh, and stuff, and you know. But it was really really neat to see your your offense lift us up after some tough blows, I guess, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, keep us keep some momentum on our side. Our right, coach RPI up to seventeen this morning. You know, the the dreams are starting to get big in all of our minds, but still a lot of baseball to play. Am I right? Yeah, I don't even know what RPI means, so um, I don't look at that <laughs> stuff. But uh, I'm kidding with you. Um, yeah, no, it's one day at a time. I mean, and that's the thing that uh, the message uh, Monday. You know, with the team, and and you know, even you know, players. You know, haven't heard. You know, some of our leaders, you know, some of the message to the team and, and, and stuff of, uh, you know, uh, don't rest in the middle, rest at the end, you wow. know. And, uh, you know, so you just got to you got to keep going and, and and stay the course. And it's a long season, uh, ups, downs, you know, you just got to weather the storms, man, because there's going to be storms. There are. And mm-hmm. uh, you just got to keep going. Always a pleasure to have you on the coach uh, on the show, Coach Oz. We really appreciate everything you're doing. Just a great, great job, and uh, wish you a lot of luck this weekend in Charlotte. Uh, always good breaking it down with you, and thanks for having. Coach Christian Ostrander, everybody, the guru, Kelly Sanders. I'm telling you, the age of Aquarius, the moon and stars are lining up, Bob. <laughs> hey, good news for Jay Ladner of the basketball program. Coach going to be on the show right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Our thanks to Christian Ostrander for joining us uh, on the Eagle Hour. Took a break from scouting out uh, the next opponent to talk to us, and we're always grateful for that. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net on Hardy Street. 
Great place to buy Southern Miss Apparel. They're open six days a week. You can shop them online at campusbookmart.net. Jay Ladner is the head basketball coach at Southern Miss. He's a welcomed return guest to the Eagle Hour. Coach, we talked to you just a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the transfer portal. I hear that maybe the entire LSU team is in the transfer portal. Three players from the St. Peter's team that did so well in the NCAA tournament in the transfer portal. You've had some enter the transfer portal, but we learned this week that a really great kid, uh, a four-star player out of high school, uh, plays at Ole Miss, Austin Crowley, is coming to Southern Miss through the transfer portal. I know you can't talk specifically about that, but the transfer portal is showing that it works in two directions. Uh, no question, uh, Bob. It, it, and, of course, we said that. I, of course, there was an order and a lot of people maybe that don't keep up with college basketball uh, that much. And, of course, when we had some guys, and we didn't have a great year. Let, let's face it, we're not satisfied uh, at all where, we, where we've been, but I'm very confident in where we're headed. And uh, but the transfer portal, the transfer portal, I should say, is the way of Division One. Um, you know, we were talking off off, off air uh, there just a few seconds ago. St. Peter's greatest great run this year in the NCAA tournament couldn't have had a better year. And of course, three of their you know returning players have all all hit the portal. It's just it's it's just the way things are. I don't I don't agree with it. I, I'm still an old school guy. I think that there's so much value. What we're supposed to be teaching, Bob and Kelly, what we're supposed to be teaching through basketball are values and, 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 and things that are going to help these young men later on in life. And I think, and of course, I was at the NCAA tournament. We have required meetings. And one of the big topics uh, that, that was at our Division One head coaches meeting with the NCAA president and all their brass was exactly what, what a lot of us say. If we're truly, if the mission and, and if, if things are in proper perspective, and we know that they're not, we understand that, but if they are in proper perspective, how did, does this help or hinder our ability to instill values and, 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 and self-discipline and all the great characteristics that come with participating in athletics in general and extracurricular activities? It could be, could be the band. Does this help or hinder that mission as part of the overall educational process? And I, it was, it, it, I, I, I saw it just as I was kind of stuttering right there to find my words, the NCAA people were stuttering to find their words because I think it, it flies in the face. Now, with that being said, that's the reality of where we are. Um, I'll, be, I'll be very frank with you. I encouraged uh, some of our players to, to explore the, the transfer portal. They, they, they needed to. If they came in right after the season was – Maybe disappointed that they didn't shoot enough, or, or I'd, I'd say, "Hey, let's transfer the, get in the transfer portal." We want guys in here that are both feet in, and 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 all about the black and gold and Southern Miss and, and helping us flip this thing around. And we're going to flip it around. And we've just gotten off to a good start. I can't count all, I cannot comment on that young man that y'all mentioned, other than to say we could not be more excited. All right, Coach. Then where are we now in the rebuilding process? Uh, we're, we're, you're, I think over, and of course, I, I'm always excited about y'all thinking enough of me to come on the show uh, as we get closer and closer to signing day. And, and, and I'll, let me also clarify this and maybe educate people a little bit about this because there's a, there's a misunderstanding here. We're so conditioned to the way football does things, and, and of course, if basketball does things, their, their way of doing things a little bit different, it kind of throws people for a loop. But 
signing day in basketball is, is, is simply the start of a signing period, which actually lasts until school starts the next, uh, uh, next fall. Whereas in football, you have all these people, you know, that all these players, they all sign on the same day, or, right. or for the most part, 90% of them. That's not the way it is with basketball. So, but beginning here in a couple of weeks on the 15th, um, you're, you're going to see a, uh, you know, we'll begin to be able to sign players. Of course, right now, all they can do is, is commit. And, and again, by y'all, y'all, thank goodness y'all mentioned that I cannot speak specifically about recruits, I can only speak in general. And uh, and of course, uh, but but we're excited. But you're going to begin seeing over the next even even couple of days, maybe maybe as soon as as tomorrow, another high level uh, young man that that has already uh, verbally committed. But we're waiting on uh, our compliance to evaluate his transcripts and things before we he can even uh, comment on that. So uh, uh, you know to make make it his commitment public, but. Yeah, and again, we can't. Yeah, this other guy we're talking about, we can't. You, you can't mention his name. We his initials are Austin Crowley <laughs> from West, West Point, Mississippi. But, but I'm even talking about a subsequent one there, right. Kelly. Uh, yeah. another one that's on the that's in the on the pipeline, and and as well as a bunch of others. Uh, I've just been tickled to death uh, with with where we are. You know, of course, a lot of people want to uh, paint a, a negative picture. It couldn't be further from the truth, and. Uh, I, I, we're, we're, again, I want to emphasize this. There's not one person here in Reed Green Coliseum or on our campus, for that matter, including my bosses, that are happy uh, 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 with where our program was and what happened last year. It was, uh, it was, it was awful, and that, that's just that's all there is to it. But I'm also very confident about where we're headed, and we're going to flip this thing around. I can promise you that. And, uh, and in fact, it's already started. As, as you begin saying, and we're, we're, of course, we're not finished. All right, Luke, get in here with Coach. Coach, uh, just generally speaking, um, you know, some of the guys that are that are still left <clears throat> that, that have not hit the portal, you know, guys like, like Pinkney and yep. and uh, other guys like that, um, you know, you, you talked before about it, the, the way it's, everything's changed. you got to recruit your own roster. Some of these yep. guys that we have seen hit the transfer portal, is there a situation where you think, uh, like Tyler Stevenson last year, where some of these guys yep. end back up in Hattiesburg after testing the waters? Some, 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 let me just, uh, and, and, and it will be very, uh, some, some of them will have the opportunity to come back. Um, the door is still open. Uh, I, I don't, uh, uh, Stevenson, of course, Tay Hardy. Uh, some some will not. I'm not going to get into any specifics, sure. but uh, that you know there there are yes there are certain players that would have the the opportunity to come back, and um, and that's not that's not out of the realm. I think I think like any other player, I'd feel the same way. I feel like our fan base. I, I support that. It, you know, we need to put a good product out on the floor. But I think that the the more and more uh, they see the the good uh, the right type of people, the right type of uh, high-level players that give Southern Miss an opportunity to win. People want to be associated with a winner, right. and um, you know. And, and so, hey, look, look at our baseball team. They won for so long, and one reason that they recruit so highly is they win. A kid knows coming out of high school or junior college, or maybe out of the transfer portal, they're going to have an opportunity to play at Southern Miss in front of an incredible crowd, like we had last weekend. They have a chance to beat, the, you know, play a high-level schedule, beat Ole Miss last night in Jackson, and they know they're going to play on a team that's going to be competing for championships. It's not easy to get there, but that that we've got to have one group that can help us break through. And as I said, we've just gotten off to a just an incredible start, 
and there's more new there's more to come yeah. uh, over these next couple weeks. And I'd love for you to I'd love to come back on about two more weeks to talk about what's happened between today sure. and what happens, you know, uh, you know, within those next couple of weeks because there's there's some guys that are right on the right on the edge of making it official. All right, coach, before Last. before I let you go too, I wanted to ask you if if push came to shove and I know you're a music fan, Journey, <laughs> Foreigner, or Boston? Oh, man. Oh, you pay, You talk about a tough question, and I love all three of them. I love all three of them. The only one I hadn't seen live, Kelly, because I'm sure your old self has, is, is, is Boston. I've never seen them live, but I've seen, of course, I've seen Journey multiple times, Steve Perry, and, and, and of course, without Steve Perry. And, and but I love Foreigner too. Foreigner's one of my. You got to pick one, Coach. You got to pick one of the three. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm gonna go Foreigner. Oh, okay. go Foreigner. oh, hey, oh here feels, we go. Feels like feels like the first time. There we go. Uh, or as my good friend Chris Logan, who played baseball at Southern, and and, and and we all we go to a lot of the Foreigner shows, especially when they play on the coast. <laughs> he said he said the last time we were headed down there, and of course his wife Tracy plays the plays the the the, the old. DVD or CD, you know, on the way down there, their greatest hits. And, and Chris quipped, he said, gosh, that feels like the 50th time. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we've seen them so much. But, no, uh, I, I, I would have to go with Farner, but that was a tough one. And I, but I love all three of those groups. Hey, Coach, uh, you've been with us all year long. You've come on where the times were good, times were bad. We've said that before, but it bears saying again. Uh, you know, we're right in your corner. We, we're very happy about what we know is transpiring right now and understand that you can't really talk about it but uh, you most definitely will be back after signing day if you're willing to come uh any with you guys i, I promise y'all anytime y'all y'all ask i'm there and i'm honored and always thankful that y'all would think enough of me and our program to to come on and thank y'all so much for your 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 balance y'all get criticized for being so bad you know so fair to me so i i, I do appreciate that as long as they're talking about us coach that's all we really care that, that, about there's, right. there's some old truth to that that's right and i don't and i don't think he's even playing any head games with us oh, get out of here <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, coach. go ahead Kelly. that's what i'm talking about thank you coach uh, hey, thank y'all for having me on. Coach Jay Ladner, everybody, head basketball coach at Southern Miss. Hey, we know you love the New Orleans Saints here in South Mississippi. We get you a weekly update from our main man down on Magazine Street, Kelly Sander. Pat McGee's next. And is the Honey Badger headed back to Louisiana? We're about to find out. To the top. Hey, welcome back to the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Bob, Luke, Kelly, all with you this afternoon. Our thanks to Jay Ladner, head basketball coach, Christian Ostrander, associate head baseball coach, for joining us the early part of the show. Now we go down to New Orleans, Magazine Street. We know how many Saints fans there are in South Mississippi, and there's a no better guy to go to to get the latest from the Saints than our buddy Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. All right, Patrick, big trade this week between New Orleans and Philadelphia. Saints trying to move up in the draft. 
they've accomplished that. They kind of summarize what they did and what you think their objectives are. Well, it's kind of hard to summarize because it's kind of a, a confusing, but I'll kind of uh, uh, shake it out a little bit and say that the Saints traded their 18th overall pick, third-round pick, uh, and uh, seventh-round pick uh, to the Eagles. And in, and in this, the Saints now have the number 16 and 19 picks in the first round. So that that puts, you know, obviously the Saints in a position to have two picks in the first round. So, you know, that's kind of a luxury. And this team, I think, is kind of built to win now. I mean, that's what they have in mind right now. So I think in terms of what they saw in the free agent market and the money they have to spend, uh, at, at say, at the left tackle and wide receiver positions, they feel like they can upgrade or fill those spots through the draft in the first round. So I think that's what they have in mind here. And I think receiver – and uh, left tackle are really the two positions that I would think, and a lot of people have said this, but if you look at things, that, those are the two positions, or really they could add two receivers uh, to, the, to the group they have, but uh, I think receiver and left tackle have got to be the two positions they're probably aiming for there in the first round. All right, Luke, this is your ball team. Get in here. Patrick, wide receiver-wise, uh, Olave from uh, from Ohio State, uh, Burks, probably the Burke's probably a little less because he kind of is more like of a Michael Thomas. But, you know, talks uh, Kenny Pickett may be available around 19. If they don't go with a tackle, uh, do you think they take a quarterback now that they have two picks? I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think uh, bringing in Andy Dalton makes it a little bit less likely that they're going to uh, draft a quarterback. Um, I'm not saying they think Andy Dalton's their, their guy there, but I, I, I just think – that's a sign that maybe they're pulling their focus away a little bit at quarterback in this draft, and nobody really thinks this draft is really a, a strong one when it comes to quarterbacks. So I don't, th- so I don't think they'll go with the quarterback this year in the first round. That's just just kind of been my belief for a while, and at this point, I, I, I would be pretty surprised if they didn't go for an offensive lineman with one of those picks. With those two picks, I mean, is there a scenario where they look up? And there is like somebody they didn't target, and yet you know, like the the world would drop, and like Stingley would mm-hmm. be available, or somebody right. like that 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 shouldn't be there. I mean, Charles Cross. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's going to be there, but I'm saying, is there? A, he would he would match the O line. But what happens to teams where they look up and and you know a guy that's five picks higher, you know, on their board? I mean, the teams get into a situation like that? Could the Saints find themselves like that and take someone simply knowing that they have three picks later? Yeah, I, I think that's possible. I think th- those two spots where they are is often, a, you know, you'll see somebody drop down to that point that you didn't necessarily think was going to be there. So there's that possibility. Uh, but I, I think what they see is a strong group of receivers and a strong uh, group of offensive linemen. And I think that, you know, I just think that's the mindset is that they, even if they don't get maybe their number one guy at a position either one spots, they still think, feel like they can address those positions for who's going to be available. So I, I would think that's what's going to happen. Now, Teron Matthew out of uh, LSU, of course, played with the Honey Card- Badger. The Honey Badger, as he's most popularly known, played with the Arizona Cardinals, now Kansas City Chiefs. 29 years of age, uh, definitely toward the back end of his career, just starting toward the back end of his career. He's been mm-hmm. visiting New Orleans the last couple of days. So does the Louisiana guy return to New Orleans to sign a free agent deal with the Saints, Patrick? Yeah, it feels like Honey Badger's been on kind of a, a campaign for last week in Louisiana trying to make a case for the Saints to sign him. The fact that it hasn't already happened kind of makes me uh, 
skeptical that it's going to happen. I imagine uh, Honey Badger is going to ask for a pretty decent contract. And uh, I don't, you know, it, it, you know, a 29, 30-year-old safety, some people say he's maybe lost a little bit of a step at this point. Uh, you know, I, I, I just don't think the Saints make that investment. I, it could happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I, I'm on the side that believes that probably the uh, deal is not going to work out between the two parties. And I wanted to get your, your feedback, too. You were right down in the thick of it. The Final Four was staged mm-hmm. in New Orleans this year. What, what did you take from uh, everybody's behavior, the festivities as a whole, and the Final Four uh, presentation this weekend or last week? Oh, in New Orleans? It, was, it, was, it was great. I mean, it, for the city of New Orleans and, and really the sporting world as a whole to put you know, 70,000 people in there for a basketball game and uh, just, just the way everything's headed and what we've been through in this pandemic, I mean, shoot, uh, just this uh, past Saturday was the first uh, day since the start of the pandemic that nobody tested positive for COVID in the entire city of New Orleans. Uh, wow. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's just everything's headed in the right direction. And, and the Final Four really kind of served as a as an upbeat, uh, uh, you know, weekend-long commercial for the city of New Orleans. It really did come, it really looked great. You know, it's a city is kind of going through a rough patch right now in terms of crime and stuff like that. But uh, hopefully something like this is kind of a sign that things are going you know, on the upswing. Luke Johnson, 70,000 people. Luke was at the basketball game. 70,000 people at a basketball game? Yeah, it was kind of unique how they set it up, Patrick. I mean, they, you know, they brought down uh, on the two long sides of the Superdome, they brought down, you know, all the temporary seats. But I tell you what, you know, first time I've ever obviously been to a Final Four game and much less the national championship. It's amazing how many people, like celebrities and stuff, show up. And it was funny, Patrick, to watch. We, we saw over in the Kansas side how just somebody started walking down. Everybody started going crazy well, through the binoculars. It was Paul Pierce, and he was just coming straight down, mixing with all the Kansas fans and, you know, watching these guys just interact. It's pretty cool like that. We had the, uh, the, the binoculars on Roy Williams in the North Carolina section, Antoine Jameson sitting beside him. Just pretty cool to have, uh, you know, the, the flair that college basketball brings. Yeah, and I saw some people that were kind of, you know, oh, they're putting, you know, college basketball game in a huge dome, and that kind of takes away from it. I don't, I don't think anybody that was there will take is tell you that uh, having it in a, in a large dome stadium took away anything um, from this Final Four. It really kind of took things up another notch. It was a pretty intense atmosphere, and uh, I think most anybody, I mean, if you're way up there, it was it's going to be a little bit harder to see the game. Right. Uh, but it was it was a good setting, I think, for a lot of folks. It was. We 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 enjoyed it. So, all right, Patrick. Couple minutes left. Um, Southern Miss last night, midweek, another big, big, big midweek win for Southern Miss. Ole Miss ranked as high as number one uh, a, a few weeks back before they opened SEC play. I mean, are we talking about a legitimate, you know, hosting team at this point with the midweek work and and uh, the series win against Louisiana Tech? Yeah, and and just. Picking up these midweek games and and having a chance to kind of build up some momentum. The rest of the conference schedule won't be as nearly as tough. As, or I say nearly, it won't be as tough as your first two series, say with FAU and Louisiana Tech. You know, those and I know Western Kentucky was a pretty soft one, but Charlotte's kind of a tricky series uh, going out there. They're a solid team. You still have Old Dominion on the schedule, but uh, they're kind of an untested team, I would say, up to this point. Uh, if Southern Miss can kind of build some momentum and beat teams that they're supposed to beat, win these series, I mean, you're talking about really a, getting close to a lock as a host. If they continue to win series from here on out and pick up sweeps along the way, uh, I know you still got Tulane in midweek. 
some of these old Miss are they coming to Hattiesburg? I think right, they, right, right. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's an opportunity that Southern Miss really just has to continue to take advantage of these opportunities and win these. Uh, weekend series, and I think it's a pretty good chance there's going to be a, a regional in Hattiesburg. So what's more important, Patrick? They still have southeast Louisiana, south Alabama, Tulane, and mm-hmm. Ole Miss in midweek games. Those are four difficult games right there. It, it, are they as important as winning the weekend series are? Well, I mean, the, the, whenever, you, whenever you beat the states and Ole Misses of the world, that's whenever it really kind of uh, bolsters your shot as, as a regional host. Uh, but from here on out, it really is a focus on winning every weekend series because you've already got a pretty good resume. You just don't want to have many hiccups left along the way. So uh, Southern Miss has left itself a little bit of room to wiggle on this, uh, but you know you just want to be consistently good the rest of the way. I don't want to get ahead of myself, Patrick. <clears throat> I'm excited like everybody about the way the team's playing, but boy, there's still a lot of baseball in front of them, right? Oh yeah, I mean, then you, you know, if if Montenegro goes down at catcher, you, know, yeah. you may not have it. You know, there's a lot of little things that could go sideways uh, yeah. and change things. But uh, right now, they're looking pretty good. And I would argue, I would argue, you guys that those midweek games, as far from an RPI standpoint, are more important. They're they're all good RPI teams. Yeah, the, because I think yeah. I think as the dust settles. Southern Miss is going to separate itself from the rest of Conference USA. I think the Eagles will win the league regular season by three or four games, I think, by the time that it shakes out, uh, which the tournament then would, would have to come around. But I'm just saying those midweek games from an RPI standpoint, if hosting a regional does indeed come down to RPI, that those midweek games are important, are going to be almost more important than beating a, yeah. you know, a, a lower-tier Conference USA team. Important games coming up this weekend, three games uh, at Charlotte. How you like the odds, Patrick? Uh, I mean, that's that's probably one you're looking at is likely a two out of three win for Southern Miss. Uh, just the way Southern Miss is pitching on Fridays and Sundays and really solid on Saturdays, they're, they're going to have a good shot every day, every day in Charlotte. All right, Patrick, always appreciate you, buddy. Talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, NOLA.com, our Saints go-to guy. We're going to wrap up this edition of the Eagle Hour from the Southern Bank Core Studios right after this. segment on the Eagle Hour today brought to you by D-Bat and D1 on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. What a what a, what a a great way to celebrate Southern Miss against Ole Miss last night. Go hit like Danny Lynch in, uh, in, <laughs> in the, the clutch. Bob, Luke, and Kelly. Hey, we're going to do uh, a little Masters draft here in, in just a second. But um, actually, let's just go ahead and, and, and do a, a Masters draft. What we want to do is, and then we'll talk. We'll end the show talking about the game last night. All right, what we want to do, Masters starting tomorrow, par three today. We want to each pick three golfers, and you can load them up. You can spread them out, however you want to do this. But we'll evaluate 
tomorrow and Friday how our golfers are doing, and then somebody will get the honors of uh, winning the Eagle Hour Masters on Monday. I'll tell you, let's, let's do this. You, you, you pick three, and then at the end of the tournament, we'll take the, the two best scores of your three. Sounds good. And then the guy who has the lowest total will be the winner. Sounds good. What do we win? Well, uh, how about dinner at Dickie's? Applesauce from um, from Al. Or we're going to bring Al down for that? <laughs> applesauce from Al. <laughs> or pork chops and applesauce from Peter Brady. How about that? All right, here we go. All right, go ahead. All right, Bob. Um, being the uh, elder statesman of the program, you get the first pick. I got three, right? Yeah. How about Paul Casey? Oh, that's kind of a that that's a that's an underwhelming first round pick, but that's sneaky. So how about Dustin Johnson? Oh no, anyway, we get to pick our first round. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. I tipped his hand. No, don't don't do it to him, Kelly. No, I won't. I won't. If he wants Dustin Johnson, I'll go somewhere else. Oh. Um, my first round pick is going to be Brooks Kepka. Good, good pick. I'm going with JT. He's got to do something. Justin Thomas. Yeah, he's good. I'm going with with Justin. All right, Bob, you get to. Uh, yeah, you want Dustin I'm, Johnson? I want now. Dustin Johnson. Yeah, well, and Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law. He 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 usually he can plays. Play. Yeah, he plays. plays yeah, he can play. Um, I'm going to take a foreigner. I'm going to take Victor Hovland. I think he's one of the last guys out. Last guys out of the gate tomorrow. Uh, but I really like his consistency. You know, he's still on the board. I think I know what you're going to say. Mean, there's all types of people on the board, and you're going with Hovland. Yeah. From Norway? Okay. Yeah. So it's free country. It's, a, it's absolutely <laughs> Well, for now, for now it is. Country. So who All you right. go- I'm going with Tiger. I mean, I'm just putting him on there. Uh-huh. I just just for old timey's sake, he will be there. I was going to say, you're, you're picks him out from under me. I you're making know. fun of me for taking Hovland, who's one of the world's best players, and Tiger, who hadn't played in two years. I bet I know who Bob's about to take, and I was, I'm foolish for not taking him. Well, I'm going to take the number one player in the world. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take John Rahm. John, John Rahm, okay, from, from Spain. Spain. All right, here's my outside pick, um, since it's my final pick. You know, I picked Hideki Matsuyama to win it last year, and he won it, and that's how I was able to Say get Say that three times real fast. Hideki Matsuyama, Hideki Matsuyama, Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> that's how I was able to give my Eagle Club, uh, increase my Eagle Club contribution last year. Right. Here's my outside shot this year. Gary Woodland of the United States. How about that? You might as well have taken Bernard Langer. <laughs> what is he, about 70 now, Bernard? <laughs> He he actually said yesterday. He said this. Uh, they've they've made this course really long for me this year. That's what he said. So, yeah. <laughs> so who's All your, right? Who, who, mm, Bryson's still on the board. Fleetwood's still on the board. I'm gonna go American. It's kind of an uh, underwhelming pick. I'm picking Cameron Young. Oh, okay. I'm going, I'm going with Cameron Young. All right. All right. So Mr. Getty with Dustin Johnson, John Rom, Paul Casey, me with JT Tiger, Cameron Young, Kelly. Uh, I've heard of one of these golfers. Who Who are your other? Two? Uh, Brooks Brooks Kepka, Victor Hovland, and Gary Woodland. There we go. So we will Oof. monitor these, and we will give you updates. All right. Back to last night. Um, Southern Miss three and zero currently in the SEC West. <laughs> um, great, and, and it really was. The Eagles came back twice. Last night, down three nothing, you fire back. That they could have fell apart mentally, guys. Um, late in the game, you have limited Old Miss to one run or one hit on and and three runs. You surrender the lead and they answer back with a four spot. I mean, it was just resilient, tough, gritty fighting. I think Scott Barry said in the post game, it's the most resilient win he's ever been a part of at Southern Miss. Every single characteristic that Southern Miss teams have had in the past that people have criticized the team for. 
don't appear to be present this year. Right now they don't. No, they don't. And I'm telling you, I just, when stuff like that happens, it doesn't happen very often, but, but when things start to come together like this, yeah, big head yeah. of steam, I'm telling you, this... Luke and I were exchanging messages during the game last night, and, and Luke was right. We said, this team's full of fight. That's right, Luke. I mean, th- you hit these kids in the mouth, they just hit you right back. And so last night, the two balls that Peto hit would probably have been out in most ballparks. Um, and, and the Eagles last night was at 14 hits. We leave 11 on base. So the, the score, Ole Miss gave us some, some gifts early with some of their errors. But, I mean, it's a good Ole Miss team, man. And, and the fact that we did that damage laid off their closer, as, as Oz hinted at earlier. But this is what it sets up. This weekend's a trap series now for the Golden Eagles. No. Enjoyed it. You enjoyed it last night. It's, uh, it's over. N- noon on Wednesday, it's over. Move forward. Take care. You got, you've got to move forward. You can't, you can't get caught in that trap. And this loss, with, oh, this loss with Ole Miss is probably going to drop them down to fourth in the nationwide. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> in, in the state, right? Maybe. Hey, uh, Kelly, who's that mystery golfer again? Gary Woodland. Okay. And hey, where'd you find this? I have I have sources. Um, Snooky the, the bookie and those guys. They said I got you. Woodland is the sleeper. Justin pick. Rose was on the board. All right, thanks to Christian Ostrand to Jay Ladder, Patrick McGee for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock from the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. We hope you'll join us. And until then, Southern Miss to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.